everyone. I'm Meredith Curtis with Finish Well Podcast, and I am so excited that you're with us today. And one of the ways that we get to finish well is when some of our children get married to a wonderful Christian man or woman, and we get to plan that wedding. So this is episode 196, Stress-Free Weddings, part two, the team. In the last episode, Stress-Free Weddings, Part one, the task, I talk about the different things that you need to do to plan a wedding and how to stay peaceful and not get stressed out. And so I want to continue that whole idea of getting rid of the stress, getting rid of the just the frustration or that task mode. You do have to be in task mode somewhat, but we also want to have this time be relational and joyful. So we're going to talk about how to use a team to help. And I think this makes all the difference in having a wonderful memories, creating memories for the future and having things go smoothly. And one of the things that really helps when you are planning a wedding is to remember that things will go wrong. And that is just part of planning a wedding. Yes, things will go wrong. And that is just the nature of life and the nature of having such a big event. And so I just really hope that you can enjoy this podcast as we talk about it, but also that these things will help you to make your wedding planning as stress-free as possible. I just want to review a few things from last time. I talked about when you find out your son or daughter is um, engaged or if you're listening and you are the one who's getting married or maybe you're just a good friend, you're on the wedding party and you're somehow involved, maybe as an aunt or grandmother, but the first thing to do is celebrate. Invest emotionally in the couple, and if you're part of the couple, invest emotionally in one another. This is a huge event that you're engaged in. Celebrate and be joyful. And then the other thing is to dream. Really dream about the kind of wedding that you want, and then later Obviously, not everything we want can happen because sometimes the price tag on it is too much, but I encouraged you in the last podcast to remember that God is the God of miracles and surprises, so really don't forget him and asking him, what does he want for your wedding, what what things would honor him and glorify him? How can you honor your parents, your guests? And um, so anyway, all those things are part of the wedding planning and to keep things stress-free. A big thing is also to keep in mind that the wedding is not the most important thing. The most important thing is this marriage that you're heading toward. 
And that's why I really recommend marriage counseling with your pastor or a close friend who is really godly. We have a resource called Before the Vows Are Made, and it's a very simple resource. It's just mostly all scripture and how to put those scriptures into practice in a marriage so that you can have a wonderful marriage. That's really the biggest hope. You know, if everything fell apart at the wedding and you had a wonderful marriage, wouldn't that be better? I'm not saying things will fall apart. I'm just saying remember to keep the main thing the main thing. Okay, so when you're planning a wedding, you're throwing a party for your family and friends to celebrate this new union. You can be simple, low cost, or you can be extremely extravagant. It's really your choice, what you want, how much money you have to spend, what you believe God's will is. I believe as you're starting a wedding To plan a wedding, you really want a wedding planner, especially with a timetable. I think that is so essential. And with my wedding planner, I created a wedding planner for my um, daughters. And that timetable just really kept us on task. So if you're wanting to purchase this, it's the ultimate Christian wedding planner. It's available as an ebook at powerlineprod.com. You can just print the pages you want, or it's available in print at amazon.com. So the ultimate Christian wedding planner by Meredith Curtis, you can look for it. So the wedding planner is essential because there are so many different tasks and a timetable really helps you see, okay, by this point, we need to have this, this, and this done. For me, it was just such a help because it just kept us moving, kept us going. One of the things that we did to keep things moving is that we had a calendar. There is a calendar in the wedding planner, by the way, too. And we just kind of mapped out, like, we'll touch base at this date and make sure all of these things are done. And that was really important as a mother of the bride to be able to touch base with my daughter and then the key people that were helping. So when Jenny Rose got married, the key people were really like Juliana, my husband, Rose and Diego, just touching base with them, sometimes including her, his mother. And that was really, really important for making sure that we were all on the same page all moving forward. So the bride and groom choose a support team when they choose their wedding party. And those really are the place to begin is with the parents of the bride and groom and the wedding party. And your pastor is a support person in that he's doing the ceremony and he can, you know, answer some questions, but he's probably not a person that can really help you get things done in preparation for the actual wedding planning itself. So remember him to ask questions, and he a lot of times is a great resource for information. But you need support team that will actually be able to be on the ground, going, researching, building things, putting things together. So 
The bride and groom choose their support team, like I said, and that's the wedding party, the bridesmaids and the groomsmen. But if you're the mother of the bride and you're listening to this, you should choose your support team too, because usually you end up being the wedding coordinator. And even if you're not the wedding coordinator, you often are the ones who remembers, okay, we do need to do this. And, you know, you remember those small details. So I am a pastor's wife. And of course, I've been the mother of the bride twice. And so I've helped out with so many weddings and sometimes I had nothing to do with the planning. But then on the day of the ceremony, I am just running around like, oh, you don't have this. You don't have this. And one of the things my friend Mary Smith taught me is to have an emergency kit. And that is such a blessing. And I actually had her be that person, the emergency kit person at both of my daughter's weddings. And an emergency kit just has things like a needle and thread, a Band-Aid, um, some hydrogen peroxide in case someone cuts themselves, and just all the little things that safety pins, just different things like that, things that come up like, oh, no, there's a rip in the dress. Well, we can just stitch that up really quick. So th- those are the kind of things um, again, I said at the beginning, you know, things happen at a wedding, like nothing is perfect in a fallen world. So we have to be prepared for that. So Mary was part of my support team. When my oldest daughter got married, then we decided they wanted to have so many people that we thought, well, we'll just make all the food. So I bought all the food and I had different people prepare the food. And that uh, worked very well, except that I hired someone to put out the food on the day of the wedding and keep everything going smoothly with the kitchen and the food and the drinks. And that person at the last minute had a family emergency, so someone else took their place who really didn't know what was going on with the wedding. So I ended up in the kitchen a lot. So for my second wedding, I ended up we ended up hiring a caterer. And at the end, when I compared all the money that we spent for both, it turned out to be pretty even. So I think I would choose to go with a caterer again because it just took away all the stress of preparing the food or making sure others prepared the food. But honestly, that is so doable to have people prepare the food for you, especially if you have a large family or a close church family or a good support team, and they want to actually purchase the food and prepare it, that can save so much money if money is an issue. So don't rule that out. We made it work. We were very organized with it. Um, And again, don't leave the Lord out of the picture. So when you're thinking about your team for, for the two weddings that I had, The parents of the bride and the parents of the groom were part of our team, and they all helped out in getting ready for the wedding. And then there were the wedding party members, and I actually, you know, took that seriously that those were, you know, there to help with the wedding, and I gave everyone – Um, With the bride's permission and the groom's permission, I gave everyone on the wedding party jobs. And they were really easy things. And I tried to match up with them what they were good at and how we could use them. So siblings, cousins, aunts, uncles, other family members, out-of-town guests, old family friends. We have some old family friends that come to our weddings 
And they always say, what can I do to help? And I always say, here's what you can do to help. And I keep track of every single task I delegate so that I can make sure that I know that they're done. The most important tasks I always delegate to people who are really faithful and who have never, ever let me down in the past. So just there are even people who just love a wedding and they want to help out. You know, you just don't. Okay, so let me give you an example. We had, um, my husband is a pastor. We had a family that came into the church about the time of our oldest daughter's wedding, and then they left the church about a year later. So they were really there in our church for just a small amount of time. But they were such a blessing the whole time they were there. We really loved them. They helped. They built a wedding dance floor for us, and the wife made a a veil for my daughter. They were just incredible. And we were so grateful for them. It was as if, you know, maybe they're really angels from heaven, you know, that the Lord sent to help. But I had just prayed, Lord, send help. And the Lord did send help. So also people who are part of your team are also the people that you pay, like the photographer and the caterer and the florist and things like that. So I always introduce myself to them. And then the day of the wedding, whenever they're there, I walk up and introduce myself and say, hi, I'm Meredith Curtis. I'm the mother of the bride. And if you need anything, let me know. And I try to keep a really good relationship with all those people because then if you have to say, hey, do you mind waiting to take those pictures for one more minute or could you squeeze this picture in? They're so helpful. So always keep a good relationship even with the people that you're paying to help because that can be really a blessing. And I do encourage you, I'm going to start sharing how to utilize your team, but I encourage you on the day of your wedding to give thank you notes And enclose, you know, maybe a gift card or a plate of cookies or some flowers, just something to let them know you really appreciate them. But at the very least, a thank you note. So you look around, you have your team. Now, I'll tell you, for my weddings, we had, um, well, with the first wedding, Laura was the mother of the groom. So she was in charge of the rehearsal dinner and she was in charge of, you know, some of those kind of things. And then she had a lot of out of town guests. So even though Laura and I are so close and normally anytime I have an event or she has an event, we are right there helping each other. I couldn't use her really as part of my really close team, but she did help out a lot with what we did. And as far as we had, wedding decoration nights where we got together and we made some of the wedding decorations. So I'll talk about that in a little bit. But so I I looked around and then I gathered a few of my close friends and they were the people that I used as support. Um, and then when my friend Anne came in from out of town, she helped a lot. And so did my sister, Julie. My sister, Julie, actually, when any of my daughters get married, she throws the bridesmaids luncheon and just is amazing. And she, well, the first one that was thrown for my oldest daughter was my Aunt Shirley and my sister. But then when my Aunt Shirley passed away, my sister kept that going. So that has been a really blessed, big blessing. 
And she's really helpful with just being right with me the whole day, making sure things are going well. So um, I really, really um, appreciate that. And it, that's been a real blessing. So utilizing your team, you have your team and you think, okay, what am I going to do? So what I did is I made a list of all the small or big tasks that happen on this special day and then I match skills to task. And I'll give you an example. I have a friend named Patty who is so organized, but her life is really busy. But she said to me, I can't really help before the wedding, but I can help the day of the wedding. I can get there whenever you want me to. And I said, okay, I have a task for you. Jenny Rose had told me, I always ask my daughters, what is the most important thing to you on your wedding day. And surprisingly, Jenny Rose had said, um, I really want everything to stay on time. Oh, okay. I've never been to a wedding that started on time. But her wedding started on time because that was important to her. I made sure that happened. So my friend Patty's task was to get the bride down the aisle on time. That was her task. And I had another friend who was basically, she had the checklist at the reception, at the ceremony and the reception. So she had all the phone numbers. I did too. But basically, if anyone had a question, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? She had that whole thing on a clipboard. And that was really a blessing. Um, another person, another friend passed out all the corsages and boutonnieres and pinned them on. I mentioned Mary. She carried an emergency kit. And I had another friend who kept everyone hydrated. So she brought waters and she just kept everyone hydrated. My sister-in-law, Ginny, and my sister helped to set up the tables for the reception. So we, uh, I'm so sorry, the men set up tables for the reception the day before for my oldest daughter's weddings. But for my youngest daughter's wedding, they came to the reception early and they decorated all the tables. I mentioned my friends that built a dance floor. Um, I mentioned my friends that cooked and brought food for the reception. One of my friends made a wedding veil. Um, another friend made silk flower arrangements for decorations. And let me just talk about that a second. One of the things that we did to keep things stress-free is my daughter Kate said I really want to create some of our decorations and make them and she had a vision for tool and very simple tool and silk flowers for the wedding pews in the ceremony and then some decorations for the dance floor which was held up by some posts with lanterns and things like that so there were decorations there were things that had to be made ahead and so what we did is we had three decoration nights and everyone would come over i would get pizza and have drinks and and cookies a very simple and then we would just get to work making things. And we sat around and we crafted and talked and laughed and ate. And it was a really fun night. And we did that three different times. And we didn't make the night like five hours long. It was a short night. And that was really a blessing. We got everything done. And then 
she also, my oldest daughter, had a very large wedding. And so we rented out a very bare bones place. And so we had to set up the tables ourselves. We had to set up this dance floor. We had to decorate all the tables. We had to decorate the place. And so we were able to get in the day before and we did decorating. So we decorated in the morning, the day before the wedding. And then we, everybody worked, everyone on the wedding party came, all the out of town um, guests came and we all helped. And then there were friends from church that came and helped as well. There were so many people there that it got done so quickly. But one thing I learned is that when you have a lot of people, and for some reason, I knew this beforehand, but when you have a lot of people, you have to be organized of who does what. Because if you're not, and you're kind of the one in charge of the decorating, then people just walk up to you and they say, well, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? And you just have this sensory overload. So again, I found I just showed up with a clipboard. I had all the tasks listed, and then I had the people that I wanted to help, and then I had extras. So I said, okay, the groomsmen, you set up the tables, set up the arch, set up the dance floor. That was your job. So the groomsmen all did that, and then there were some other things that needed to be done. So the other guys that came that weren't groomsmen, I had them do those things. Um, then there were people who just got the kitchen ready. They had, there was food that could be brought in the night before it was brought in. It was put on certain shelves, like, so everything was together. So it wasn't confusing. Then all the platters and all the plates were put on a table in the kitchen. So when we left, like we had everything ready to go. Coffee pots were set up with the water and the coffee. They just had to be plugged in. The food just had to be taken out and put out. So it was really amazing how um, it went well. But I've been in other situations. The reason I know this is because I set up for other big events, like including weddings, where there was no checklist. There was no clipboard. And I, and I ended up being the person everyone was asking, and I felt completely overwhelmed. I almost wanted to cry. So just having an idea, and then I always keep a list of extra people. Say, like, someone shows up, and I wasn't expecting them, and they want to help. I just write their name down. And then, uh, because then other people who are supposed to show up don't show up, then you can plug them in the holes. So I hope that helps, because if you have to do a lot of setup and you have a lot of help, a lot of help is such a blessing, but it also can be overwhelming if you're not organized. So think about that. And um, I talked about the decorating nights. That really helped a lot to to make making the decorations fun instead of just being a chore that everyone's doing at the last minute. Because I've also been part of weddings where they put everything off until the week before the wedding. And we were like putting in maybe 20 or 30 hours that week, just trying to do everything at the last minute. And that is so stressful for people. And honestly, it can create some disunity 
um, because people get frustrated, they're tired. And so the more that you can do things ahead and the more that you can be really appreciated appreciative of the people who help you and you know like serving people pizza and cookies that wasn't so much of a big deal if you don't have the money for pizza you can actually make like a big pot of chili something like that that or even just have everyone bring something and have nachos or something like that so um if you have something where you don't have a caterer and you're serving your own food then i would have one person of a helper be in charge of the drinks so they just make sure everything for the coffee everything for the punch bowl is filled up and then another person being in charge of making sure all the platters stay filled and honestly i would maybe pay someone to do that for the day, you know, if, if you or someone who just says, you know, people don't want to miss the wedding by being in the kitchen and filling all the food, but maybe there's someone you really are close to, but they're not necessarily close to the bride and groom, and they would really like to do that to serve. When my friend Mickey Lana got married, my friend Stephen, who was a chef, and his wife, their wedding gift to the bride and groom was to cook and serve all the food so the couple paid for all the food but then steve and mary prepared it and they served it and that was really um a blessing my friend wanda offered to help by taking a lot of photos during the ceremony and the reception so she was not the photographer but oh my goodness she took some amazing uh, photographers, uh, photographs. It was really a blessing. Um, you can also designate a photographer at each pre-wedding event. So you can ask someone like Marla and uh, Shine, two of my friends, my daughter and my friend, are really good at taking pictures. So I might say, hey, can you make sure you take at least 50 photos at the baby shower? I mean, they actually would take a whole lot more. But Another thing is that people can serve by playing the piano or doing a solo, attending the guest book. All of those things need to be done. And it's very nice if you have someone who's in charge of setting up the guest book, getting things out. Now, another thing that we did that really helped because we rented a place for my oldest daughter that was very elegant and she had a much smaller wedding and it was very elegant and there wasn't a lot of decorating that needed to be done. But we did want a photo booth. We did want the tabletops decorated and we did have a few things that we wanted to put around and then the arch for the ceremony in the sunroom and some different things like that. So. What we did is we took photos of every place that we were going to put a decoration and so that we knew exactly, you know, how big it was, what it looked like. And then I had a decoration night and I found something similar in my house about the same size. And then everybody on the wedding party was in charge of decorating a different place, except for the bride and except for the maid of honor. And so everybody had, um, that night they decorated their little spot and figured out how everything looked good. 
We took a picture of it, and first we tweaked it. We all looked at it, and we said, no, maybe you should do this. Made sure the bride loved it, took a picture of it, then packed up a tote with everything that was going to go there and pasted the picture to the to the front of the tote. That made everything so easy because when it was time, you just got your tote, you went to the place you needed to set up, you looked at the picture, and you set it up exactly like that. That saved hours and hours of time and hours and hours of stress of people saying to each other, wait, do you know where this thing is that I need for this? Or do you know how I'm supposed to do it? I can't remember. Everything was so simple. So that was such a blessing to do it like that. Um, one of the things I'll just say um, before I move on to communicating with your team is that when you have people help you, it's a privilege for you to have them help you as either the bride or as the mother of the bride, as the mother of the groom. When people help out, it's really a privilege. Like they don't have to. They're just serving to be kind. So make sure that one of the ways that you can be a blessing to the people that you serve, that are serving you, besides communicating clearly, which I'm going to talk about next, is is to make sure that you are organized. And we were, I was part of a group that was helping a bride with decorating. And it was a week before the wedding and she still wasn't sure how she wanted to decorate some things. And that was very, very stressful because the bride and the mother of the bride are not the only ones who have a lot to do the week before the wedding. All those kind of decisions need to be made as far ahead as possible and then written out. Like if you want something decorated a certain way, write that out or draw a diagram or set it up and take a picture because you really want these things to enrich friendships, not destroy friendships. And by putting things off to the last minute or by being indecisive, it can really be stressful on your team. So make sure that you're clear. Make sure that you know what you want well in advance and communicate that well with your team. And so now let's talk about communication because communication is so important. Um, make sure that they want to help you. Sometimes people are kind of passive, and if you ask them, and they say, oh, of course, but they really don't want to. So I usually only use people on my team who offer to help me. And I, and then I just make sure they really want to do that. They're not just saying it. And one of the ways you can usually tell is if someone communicates clearly. Like my uh, friend Mary said, I, could, I would love to help you by bringing an emergency kit to the wedding so that if anyone needs anything and she told me what was in the kit and I said, Oh, that is a great idea. Yes. I would love that. Um, and other people just were kind of vague. Well, if there's anything I can do, let me know. I don't really like, okay, thank you. That's so sweet. 
But if people are specific, I know they really do want to help. Or even if people say, listen, I really want to help you. I don't know what I can do to help you, but I'm available here, here, and here. That tells me right away they really do want to help. They let me know when they're available. And so I try to think of things that would work when they're available. When you communicate with people, keep everything clear and concise. If you go into too much detail, people tune you out. Bullet points are great, but if you have 15 bullet points, they will not read them. So be clear, be concise. What I did for the wedding party is as soon as, um, for both of my daughter's weddings, as soon as they had their, um, their wedding parties picks, picked, I had a night where I invited them all over. And I passed out little cards and I said, think, you know, basically I'm so excited that you're wanting to be a support for the bride and groom. And here are some like little cards just, and, and they were just the size of index cards. And on them, it just said, thank you so much for being part of our wedding day. And then there were just whatever their responsibility was. Like for the groomsmen, for Katie Best's wedding, it was help set up tables the morning, uh, the morning before the wedding. And then the rehearsal dinner was listed and the time and place and then the ceremony, what time to be there. And so that was basically, you know, their responsibility. And I think I also put on there, like, for the men, uh, throw a bachelor party for the groom. But it's just very simple. There were, like, four or five things they had to do. And it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't overwhelming. And they basically had these cards. Now, of course, most people lost them. But I had backups. <laughs> but, but that... I think is, I think it's nice to be very clear with people at the beginning so that you're not constantly saying, oh, and by the way, oh, and by the way, if anyone is offering to pay for part of the wedding, then absolutely accept it. Weddings are super expensive, especially if your bride wants a big formal wedding with all the trimmings. So if anyone's offering to pay um, for part of the wedding, definitely accept it. But have a date that you say, okay, well, I would need you to pay for this by this date. Um, and that really helps because I actually had a situation. It wasn't with my family, but with another family. My husband was the pastor marrying them and they were offering to pay for something and then they didn't do it. And so then there was this, it was thousands of dollars. So it was a big, big mess. So if someone does offer to pay for something, um, like maybe, maybe the parents of the groom are divorced and the father offers to pay for something really extravagant, then, you know, have the bride and groom communicate with them and say, hey, thank you so much. That would be awesome. But we would need that paid for by this date. And that way, you know, you might have to have a backup plan to pay for that yourself or have a, you know, do something different. Um, one thing that helps, too, is to have a group text to send reminders, but don't be annoying. People don't want 25 texts a day. 
Um, and, and also sometimes people like then take a group text like that and they just start like sharing pictures of their cat and pictures of their, you know, new car and stuff like that. So one of the things you can do is just say this group text is just for announcements. Don't reply. Um, don't use it for other things. You can set up your own group text and that way they know when this text comes from you it's they're not going to get 91 messages that follow um and that can really help um when you're communicating with your team lots of smiles lots of thank yous and again i mentioned thank you cards make sure you send them a thank you card i'll tell you what um, this can be such a relationship building experience or a relationship destroying experience. And don't have expectations. You know, people might let you down. I, I use people that I know are really faithful. And if someone that, you know, they haven't demonstrated a lot of faithfulness, um, in working with them over the years, I'll usually have them be a helper. And that way they're not essential. If they drop the ball, they're not essential. I'm just being honest because this is an important day for the bride. And it's not a day for someone to learn to grow in faithfulness. They're either faithful or they're not. But people are going out of their way to serve you. They don't need to. They didn't need to be part of this event, but they wanted to, and they want to bless the bride and groom and bless you. So make sure you're very extravagantly appreciative. Um, And then I mentioned before to be careful. Only use volunteers who are faithful, on time, responsible, and kind. You don't want to be waiting around for someone. And obviously, if it's a family member of either the bride or the groom, you're kind of stuck with that, but don't put them in charge of something, you know, just um, because that is really stressful. Um, Things to not delegate. Don't delegate this to someone else. Don't delegate paying the vendors or paying the pastor. Make sure you or your husband, if you're the mother of the groom, do that yourself and bride and groom, make sure that it's either you or, or your parents doing that. Um, don't delegate helping the bride get ready, mom. If you're the mother of the bride, don't delegate that because that's a special memory and don't be doing something else. You need, you know, help your daughter get ready for the wedding and don't delegate welcoming and greeting guests. It doesn't mean you have to be the one at the guest book, but make sure that you welcome and greet all your guests. And that goes for the bride and groom the parents of the groom, and the parents of the bride. Make sure that you go out of your way to greet people, welcome them, and make sure that they know that you feel so blessed that they're there. So I mentioned at the beginning I created a wedding planner for my daughter, and I highly recommend having a wedding planner because it just helps you to stay on track, to keep, you know, to have everything in one place, and I love the timetables. So that helped me so much to know when to do what. So I created a wedding planner. It's called the Ultimate Christian Wedding Planner. It's available as an ebook at powerlineprod.com. You can just print the pages that you need. And it's also available as in print at amazon.com. Just look for the Ultimate ultimate, not the, but ultimate Christian wedding planner by Meredith Curtis. And you can find it. I really just want to tell you everything you need is there. 
And I really think that it will be an asset to your wedding planner, whether you're the mother of the bride or the bride herself. This is really significant. You can pick and choose if you get the ebook what to include, what to not include, and um, you can choose how to spend your money. There's budget sheets, there's checklists and schedules, family trees, memory pages, comparison pages for vendors, budget sheets, vendor tracking charts, table arrangement planners, sample invitations, sample schedules, and sample itineraries. But my favorite part of the wedding planner, because I created this for my daughter, is it has prayers, studies, and meditations to help prepare to be a godly wife. It talks about where wedding traditions and symbols come from. You can learn all about wedding protocol and who is responsible for what. And there's a lot of Christian encouragement. So the ultimate, it's, I keep saying the ultimate Christian wedding planner by Meredith Curtis. Again, it's an ebook at powerlineprod.com and as in print at amazon.com. And as an ending, I want to encourage you, if you are planning a wedding, this is such a glorious privilege. You will do a great job because you love the bride. You love the groom. And even if things don't go perfectly as planned, the opportunity to participate in planning and hosting this very special event is really wonderful. And I hope the Lord blesses you abundantly in this whole process. God bless you. And have a wonderful, wonderful wedding. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.